welcome to the MSF Farm Talk podcast. My name is Tegan Buckley and this episode is brought to you by the Frilla Sporting Club at the MSF Mallee Research Update and Farming in the Future Forum, which is in partnership with the Mallee and Coorong Landscapes Advisory Committee and Pioneer Seeds Australia. So with me in this episode today is MSF's Program Manager, Tanya Morgan, and Jamie Wilson, Farm Services Consultant with Pioneer. And we're talking about what's in the pipeline with GM. So I'll let you um, fire away, Tanya, with your questions for Wilbur. Yeah, thanks, Tegan. Um, Yeah, well, Jamie, you've been pretty passionate about GM crops for a while. I think everybody knows you've been the face of GMs and you've been really supportive in helping to get GMs over the line and educating people about GMs. Why are you so passionate? I guess it started back in uh, the late 90s when I started out as an agronomist and Agrivo put me through some GM training and uh, really explained the science. So I believe in the science and I've believed in it for a long time and um, think that the science will offer a lot going forward, not only in cropping but across human health and across a, a wide spectrum of different things and that it's something that society should embrace and not be scared of. Mm. So are you seeing people's attitudes to GM crops change over time? Because I know it's been pretty tough going in the start. Um, Yeah, and I think that that was mainly because it was herbicide tolerance and people couldn't see the health benefits. Um, if If there was more overall environmental benefits, then there would have been a greater uptake. And it was probably a failure in marketing from the beginning. Um... And if it had taken a different path, then things uh, would, would have a different outcome and a different mm. social acceptance. Yeah. So we're going to touch on the stuff that's in agriculture um, for, in GM crops shortly. But what are some of the other things that maybe people don't know about where GMs have a role? Well, I guess there's um, the majority of research, if you look on the um, Office of Gene Technology uh, website at the moment, is all human health mm. and uh, a lot of virus research. Something that's very relevant for the current um, moment is the COVID vaccines are uh, basically GM-based and are declared a GM vaccine. Uh, That's something that has a real human benefit and and, and hopefully the acceptance of these vaccines will reduce the um, resistance to GM as a technology. Yeah, so if... if you might not know the answer to this. Uh, if we didn't have GM technology, do you think we would have got a vaccine so quickly? No. The vaccine was developed in four weeks mm. uh, and, um, and the, everything else, the delays after that, was uh, a regulatory authority. So, yeah. um, and so, yeah, no, we definitely would not be looking at a COVID vaccine yeah. if it was not for GM. So that's a massively powerful tool to help get things happening a lot quicker than what we would normally have to wait for. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Um, okay, so uh, so what's currently approved then? Uh, so currently approved, um, if we're just looking at in Australia, uh, there's Lucen, which has got Roundup Ready and um, improved digestibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's canola with a whole series of herbicide tolerance traits. Um, there's carnations, uh, which are with a range of colours and, and black and, yeah, and a whole that. heap yeah, of yeah. others. Uh, there's cotton, which is herbicide tolerance, insecticide tolerance and improved processing. Yep. Um, there's maize or corn uh, with herbicide tolerance, insect resistance and drought resistance. That is approved, but it's not commercially released. Mm-hmm. Uh, potatoes with a whole heap of disease and pest resistance. Um, there's rice, which is biofortified and herbicide tolerance. 
Roses, again, another flower uh, for colour. Safflower for oil quality with um, elevated omega oils for traits. Uh, soybeans with pest and herbicide. Sugar beet for processability. And uh, wheat with herbicide tolerance. There's Roundup Ready wheat approved in Australia, yeah, not, right. not in the market. Okay. So when, when might we see something like that on the market, do you think? Wheat is a very touchy one um, because it is one of the most consumed staples yeah. in, around yeah. the world. Um, Argentina is, has commercialised and they're field testing a drought tolerant wheat. Mm -hmm. um, that will probably have quicker acceptance in the market than a Roundup Ready wheat. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Roundup has a bad name from one, one report that's been discredited. Yeah. Um, whereas the drought tolerant wheat will have a wider fit and it will really suit the Mallee environment. Yeah. Um, it, it's not going to grow on no rainfall. Yeah. but it will have increased yields for reduced uh, rainfall, so uh, better water use efficiency. Yeah. Um, and there's there's some other drought-tolerant crops that are happening as well. Yeah, oh, it's really exciting, and I think there'd be a lot of Mallee farmers and farmers more widely uh, really embracing this technology. And it's not just um, a production benefit. You can really see the environmental benefits that come with, you know, the ability to use less pesticides or or fungicides in the system. Yeah, the the, the more the, the the more these crops advance, and the less synthetic insecticides and fungicides have to be put out, and the and the natural plant resistances are turned on, mm -hmm. especially with the way that CRISPR is rapidly evolving. Yeah. Um, then that is going to improve disease resistance and pest management in, in the field and have real real benefits for growers and the environment. Absolutely. And I know that GM does not sit well with everybody, but it's, it's always been about choice, the argument to be able to grow GM crops in South Australia. So um, being able to have that choice for growers that do want to go down that path or those that don't, um, I think that's the important thing to keep in mind. And same for the consumer. Yeah, and, the, and that choice, like, I mean, it's not going to be for every grower. And, and, and as somebody that's worked in the industry for a long time, I wouldn't recommend every grower do it, to do it. And I wouldn't recommend their whole farm to grow, say, GM canola that we've got available at the moment. Um, it would be focusing on a, a problem paddock and work out, all right, this is the problem and here's part of the solution. But it's only part of the solution. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, yeah, so just finally, uh, who's been doing all this research? I know that big companies uh, usually, you know, sometimes get get a bad rap for, for this, but it, it actually starts a bit further back in the, yeah, in the university. A lot of the research that's done on the GM and the, and the particular traits, because nearly all of the traits are licensed, um, they start back at universities and, and, and small independent research bodies and a lot of government organisations. Um, uh, we're seeing a lot of funding pouring into um, uh, Department of Ags in, in developing countries so that they can develop technologies to feed their populations as well. Um, but the, the big companies tend to be the ones that license this on from uh, the universities because the university can't afford a $500 million plus going through the regulatory process to bring it to market and to yeah. commercialise it. Um, so that's why all of, all of the current commercialisation is done by the big companies because unfortunately they're the only ones that can afford it because there's so many expensive regulatory hurdles uh, in the process to get it to, to market.
Absolutely. So the checks and balances really are there because it's, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well and truly. Like, um, so the, in Australia, it's a two, two level. We've got the Office of Gene Technology Regulator and um, Food Standards Australia and New Zealand both run independent checks across any GM crop or, or use. Yeah. No, that's really good. Um, well, yeah, I think that's been a really good summary today. Um, we're going to keep talking about it over lunch with a few of the farmers that have turned up today. But thank you very much for your time. It's been really great to get your insights and um, really excited to hear about what's coming out in the future. Yeah, and anybody that is interested and, and, and is into podcasts, obviously if you're listening to this, you are. Um, there's, a, there's a really good one called, <laughs> called Talking Biotech by Kevin Falter. Um, that's a really good one and, and offers a whole range of subjects and speakers and everything. So get on to that one. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Thanks again. Don't forget to share this episode with a mate if you took some value away from it and be sure to subscribe, rate and review our podcast. Thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you in the next episode.